This episode of the Jamer K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. We're just days away from the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 dropping, and I am seriously so excited for it to finally be officially out. At this point, if you haven't had a chance to pick up a CD, or if you're just curious and want to listen to the comp early, I highly suggest you head over to Marked for Life Hardcore Radio and check out episode 11. They stream the comp front to back and it's super awesome. So if you haven't had a chance yet, I highly suggest you go listen to that early and come back when the comp officially drops on July 24th and stream it on Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, wherever you get your music. And please make sure to pre-order a copy of the vinyl and support From Within Records because they work so hard to do this comp every year and just all the other hard work with all the other bands. It's it's seriously so amazing and I'm so proud to be able to have a working relationship with From Within Records. So please, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go click that follow button on Twitter and Instagram and stay up to date on all the current news. And please, July 24th, support the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2. Spread that shit. Post it on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, MySpace, Facebook, wherever you're at. I want the whole world to know about it the day it comes out. So please support them. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we had a track down our good friend Tyler. He plays bass in a band called Final Right coming out of the Hudson Valley. And I'm so excited that I finally got to sit down and talk to Tyler. We had been going back and forth for literally a year and a half about doing this. And it's just all about timing. So it it was a, a great pleasure of mine to finally be able to sit down to talk to Tyler and hear about his life and hear about Final Right and all the other projects that he's been in. And if, if you're not familiar, please do yourself a favor. Go boot up your Bandcamp, your Spotify, Apple Music title, and go stream the Final Right demo. And also look forward to Final Right on the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 with their exclusive track titled Vengeance. It's fucking awesome. So strap in, enjoy this conversation, and without further ado, welcome Tyler to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. How's it going? Appreciate it, man. It's going well. How are you? Dude, I'm, I'm stoked that you're finally here on the podcast because I, uh, you know, you and I have been talking uh, for a while about doing this. And obviously, I, I feel like we we're just waiting for the right time. And uh, just so happens uh, it's finally here. And it, it's just so cool to me because, yeah, just being able just talking to you for like the past like year and a half about doing this and then just finally having you here. It's just a, a good feeling. Yeah, dude. I'm really glad the stars aligned the way they did. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I listen to it quite frequently. 
Uh, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. It, it means a lot to me whenever anybody takes the time out of their day to um, just listen to me speak with people. It, it, it's cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I like listening to a lot of the people you've done around here. It's cool to just, I got a, a brief job, which is kind of like more like a stint, but I was there and a lot of the work you could listen with, uh, with earbuds, like wireless earbuds. And I would just let your podcast play and just fucking chill. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. Because I, I know what that's like because, uh, in my, uh, or at my corporate job, I'm able to uh, listen to, to music or whatever. And the majority of the time I'm listening to podcasts, just trying to you know soak up information. So uh, I, I know what it's like to be in that position. So, so it's cool that I'm able to do that for somebody else. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, uh, I've, I've had a drastic career change in the past year, so it's, uh, it's different. I can't do it anymore, <laughs> but it was really cool doing it for a little bit. Okay. And for anybody um, who's listening, who may not be familiar with uh, who you are, can you just give a quick uh, rundown of, um, you know, where you're uh, from and what you do in the band? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm Tyler. I play, uh, I play bass in Final Right. Um, I played bass in uh, a few other Hudson Valley bands, uh, Prime, Violent World, Wrong Domain. Um, there's a new one coming out uh, that we're going to drop later on this year. Um, I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York, but kind of moved a lot in a lot of places in the Hudson Valley. Um, kind of tumultuous kind of upbringing. I lived in Mayapak, Carmel, Millbrook, New York, um, but circled around. And I've lived in Poughkeepsie for the past 10 years five in the town and five in the city currently in the city. Okay. Hell yeah. I feel like, uh, the amount of time that you live there is the same amount of time I've lived in orange County, which is always crazy for me to think about because, uh, to be honest, when I decided to, to move away from home, I always, uh, didn't think it would last if I'm being honest. Cause me and my buddy just did it on a whim. It was something that we really wanted to try out just us being younger and just wanting to get away and try something new in the back of my mind. I was, I always just kind of, thought that it would come to an end at some point and I would have to pack up and go back home. But in some weird wacky way, I I've managed to, to, to make it work. Like the, the, the buddy that I came out here with, I, I think he eventually went back home and then uh, came back. Um, but I'm not sure. But for me, I just had never left. It's, it, it's just wild whenever I think about how long I've actually been out here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. So you move there is kind of like unintentional on how long you'd stay and you, you stuck it out. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, too, I tried moving back one time. It was like it was like early on in my Orange County stint. Uh, I, I just wasn't really digging the vibe. Uh, I, I just hadn't met the right people. So I, I was just uh, in like a circle of friends that just wasn't really my thing. And I just wanted to get back home. Like I, at that point, I'd rather be alone in my parents' yeah. house versus like being just around a bunch of shitty people. So I... I I, I like tried to move back home, but I like totaled my car. So all the money that I had saved oh, up, no. I, I had to I put into getting another car. Uh, but that kept me here and it, it eventually worked out. Right. I kind of just had to carve my own path and just met like, you know, better people. And uh, now I just have like a stable group of friends and I'm glad that it happened in hindsight. So, um, you know, who knows where I'd be if I actually went back home. Yeah, dude, that, that rocks so hard. And it's funny you bring that up because I'm going through like kind of an inverse situation right now it's like i i had just moved out um with my mom i used to live with my mother in poughkeepsie mm -hmm. and uh, i was just it was kind of in a bad situation so i uh, i decided to take the jump you know i'm, I'm kind of young i was 23 so i moved out when i was 22 and uh <clears throat> i kept scouring for apartments um for a long time i was a uh, 
I kind of ran the pro desk at my local Lowe's in Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just talking to a lot of the property managers that I dealt with and just trying to find the right move, you know, like to get a really nice apartment for a, a pretty decent price. And I, I got to connect through that from one of my people. And uh, he hooked me up with a spot on Main Street in Poughkeepsie, which is uh, it's one of the busiest streets in the city. Um, but it's, it's really cool. I, I moved out by myself, which I was really skeptical about like you were saying before. And, uh, it was, uh, it's definitely a huge learning curve and, uh, I'm coming up on the end of my lease now, but like, like you were saying, I'm trying to get a house and, and kind of converge with, uh, with a couple people and kind of just split it and make it like a sick music house. You know what I mean? A couple of my bandmates in Kingston did that. And it's really cool. Hell yeah. And you're, you're 23 right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a young boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, you make me feel old. For some reason, <laughs> I do this weird thing, uh, and it's probably bad. I probably shouldn't do that. But in my mind, like when I'm talking to people, I just assume we're all just like the same age. So, yeah. uh, so, so hearing that you're 23, I'm like, wow, you, uh, you, you are like definitely younger than me. But but it's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy that you're taking these chances when you're younger because um, a, a lot of people. Uh, can be in those similar situations and not make that jump and then you have regret, but it's just like, no, sometimes you just got to do it. Even if you're unsure. And especially if you're still a bit younger, like you are like, go ahead and go learn about life, go make some mistakes, go figure it out. Like it's probably better that way, you know, than to just, yeah, no, got to take be, all the opportunities when they come, you know? Yeah. Cause you never know when like they might not ever come again. Cause th th there's been times where, uh, I've been presented with something that I really wanted and I was hesitant and I put it off and then it just has never come back. No. Yeah, exactly. Kind of have that mindset. It's a really good way to think. Hell yeah. And I, you said that there's a learning curve and I, I totally agree. I, and I felt like that was one of the uh, better things about taking that jump and moving away from my parents because like all my immediate family is back home in the Palm Springs area. And, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and I, I had moved out before, uh, you know, just different places around town, um, whether it be my own spot or moving in with buddies. Uh, but there was always like this weird like safety net. I, I knew like whatever happened, my parents were like you know ten minutes, uh, you know, or maybe fifteen minutes across town, and uh, nothing really bad could happen. Uh, so I, I just felt like when I moved away, I didn't really have that safety net anymore, and it kind of pushed me uh, when I was put in like certain adult situations. I'm like, Oh shit, this is like things that I never experienced before or things I didn't exactly. know. So it, it was uh, one upside to, to moving out and being on my own. Right. Yeah. No, I feel that so much, man. And like, I was, uh, I knew that I really wanted to try to live by myself, like from a very early age, like I would say like 16, like not, not forever, obviously, but just for a little while. And like immediately after when I have my, had my shit together, you know, and mm -hmm. I, uh, I kind of moved out and, I'm a very like clean person and like an anal person. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm constantly organizing my shit. Like I'm a neat freak. I always fucking clean after every meal. Can't leave the kitchen dirty. Sometimes I slip, slip up and, and let it go. But I was really like, because I'm, I'm like that. I was worried that my personality would kind of clash with, uh, with another person that I would be living with, you know, uh -huh. but I feel like, uh, in recent years, I've, I've kind of learned to adjust and kind of respect other people's boundaries if they're not like me, but you know, within reason, obviously. Oh, no, I, I, I totally get that. I, I've had uh, various roommates over the years and it it definitely opens your eyes to seeing like how different people live from you. And the the last time that I lived with uh, people, like how long ago was that? It was uh, maybe, was it 2015? Has it really been that long? It hasn't been that long. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think. 
well, I, I lived in this house with um, some friends, right? Because I was um, on my own living in this uh, city. Uh, and some friends reached out there, like, hey, like, we, we know, like, you're not the, you know, happiest with your current living situation do you want to like you know go in on this house that we're doing and some of the people that we're moving in with uh like we were all friends like we all knew each other but some of them had never moved out before right never moved out of out of their parents house and i was like okay i was like i'm down to do this this is your guys's first time just know that like we're all moving in together this might not end well right because it, <laughs> it's different when like you know it, it's cool when we're friends we see each other every now and then uh, we go out, whatever, and then we just go our separate ways. We go home, but then when you live with somebody, it's You're like seeing that dude all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a whole different thing because now, like, okay, uh, our names are on the lease. Uh, you know, if rent isn't on time, it, it's going to go bad. And then, yeah. yeah, and then obviously, like, we have to, uh, you know, like, you know, figure out like with like the common spaces and stuff. So I'm just like, it, like, I don't mind because I've done this before. I'm very low maintenance, so I didn't really yeah. have any worries about me but i was just concerned about them right correct yeah yeah yeah, dude i I feel the same fucking way you know that's why uh i'm another reason i'm glad i did this first is like it gave me some some insight as to like the people that i should bring with me you know Mm -hmm. if i if i go to do it you know i gotta be picky and that's kind of hard to find because like who's who's really realistically looking to move out right now and converge on a house with me like i don't know (laughs) you gotta be uh gotta be selective yeah, and honestly, going into it, I was just very skeptical on how long it would last because there was one dude, and he was just the most irresponsible person, right? So, yeah. so I was just wondering, like, okay, this guy is probably going to be like the main cause of everybody's frustration. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, right? Like, we all move in. We're like in like this honeymoon phase. We're all stoked to 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 just be around each other all the time, right? And and then obviously uh, you get used to that. But then that one guy who I figured would be a problem he uh, is just so reckless with his life i'm I'm not sure what he's doing these days but he uh, and so i I had this corporate job i i would work like uh, basically like overnight so i would have uh like the whole day you know to just do whatever i wanted and uh he he offered me uh like a a part-time job where he was working and he's like oh like you want to come like work like where i'm at like we need some extra hands i'm like sure i was like it seems like fun like let's go check it out so i end up uh you know getting a job at this warehouse it was like uh, it was like a merch company they like print merch for bands or whatever right right and he became uh more frustrated with the job because because it started as like a startup right it was like the wild wild west there's really no rules but then as the business grew they started um, having to actually, you know, tax our paychecks. And, you know, so uh, he made a little less and he was getting frustrated with it. And then there was just like a lot of grunt work that he had to do, but it's just like, uh, you know, he was like one of like the newer people to the company. So it's just like, dude, you just got to like earn your keep. I'm sure like they'll, uh, you know, give you better pay and a better position at some point. Cause like this thing's only going up. Right. Yeah, for sure. But he got like so over it and, and he, he, he wrecked his car. He was texting and driving while he was like making some delivery. So his car had to go to like the auto body shop and he was uh, having to take like Uber and Lyft to work. And he came across this lady who uh, told him that she was making $800 a day doing Lyft. And, and I don't know (laughs) that it's pretty high number, right? So I don't know. I'm assuming she had to like be like hustling, but that just like flipped some switch in his brain. And he, he, he told me 
He was like, yo, I'm going to quit this place. I'm going to start working for Lyft. I'm going to be making $800 a day. And I'm just like, dude, I'm like, I know you. You're one of the laziest people that I know. <laughs> so, like, you have to be hustling, I imagine, to be making $800 a day. Because uh, if you can just go make $800 a day, no problem. I'm sure there'd be a lot more Lyft drivers. So just think about this for a second before you up and quit because this lady told you she made this much money. Like, really think about this, dude, because... I'm not only like am I concerned because I'm your friend but also like we live together and I want you to be able to make rent because I don't want you to because he, he was borrowing money from our other roommates to, to make rent right? right right and I was just like that's not fair because like we kind of all agreed going in that we were all able to make you know our, our portion like it should have been a problem and if you felt like you couldn't do that comfortably you should have never signed on right all right so <laughs> yeah, use your cognitive skills my friend yeah a good choice yeah the suit was just so reckless but he he ends up quitting right he ends up quitting goes and works for lyft and then realizes that he is making less money for um less money at lyft than he was at the merch spot and i'm just like dude, of you, course i'm like you're an idiot i'm like i i told you i was like you're not gonna hustle you're you're so lazy and then it, it, it eventually got to the point where uh, we had to ask him to move out because uh, the one the other roommate was tired of giving uh, him money to to pay rent and we all just wanted to just have no stress about like that portion of bills so he he eventually yeah. moved out we got a new person and then i just was ready to go because you know you get to a point it was fun cool yeah but I don't want to, I'm never going to put myself in a position and stay the, in a position where I'm not happy because I'm, I'm my own person. I can do whatever I want. So I, I decided that once the, the lease was up, I was going to see how things were and things just didn't get better. I just was unhappy. So eventually I decided to, to move out. And, and this is, this is like the, the part where I'm just like, wow, like, like people like just don't understand me that well so <laughs> uh so I, I decided to move out and i guess i made the mistake of telling uh one of our friends in like the, our social circle like hey like i'm moving out but i haven't told them yet and i i, I guess i didn't mention that it was supposed to not be public which I, it just seems pretty obvious if i hadn't told my other roommates i was moving out you probably shouldn't be talking about my business with other people right yeah right so uh so word got out that i was moving out and they wanted to have like a house meeting and i'm like oh my god i was like i already, <laughs> I already know what this is about so i'm like, all right cool like, let me play their stupid game so i go and Some do the shit's about to go down <laughs> yeah so I, I go to the house meeting and they're just like um yeah so this is uh, what's going on and like they didn't even bring it up right they, they, they want, acted like it was about some other shit and I was just like, I, I was like, guys, I'm not stupid. I'm like, I know you guys want to, why you want to have this meeting? I was like, yes, it's true. I, I'm moving out. Like, like I, I held up my bargain, right? This is yeah. uh, the, the, the lease is up. We're on month to month. Um, I'm giving you guys my 30 days notice. Like, you know, obviously you guys have to find another roommate or all of your rent's going to go up. That's your choice. But I'm making the, the, the choice to leave, but I'm doing it the right way. I'm not just going to disappear in yeah, the middle of the man. night. Like, you know, everything's paid. But they were so offended, like I, I, they felt like I was personally like attacking them by wanting to move out. Yeah, fuck that. That's your choice, and you made a choice to be happy. That's the most important thing you could have done. Yeah, but it was the weirdest thing because um, one of the dudes, and we're, we're cool now, right? But there was like a little turmoil for a bit. But one of the dudes, um, he's like my oldest friend, um, from Orange County. Like, like I, I met him like my first year here, and like we're still 
friends to this day. But at that time, he was like, I'm um, so upset with me. And I was just like, dude, like what? Like, where is this coming from? Like, you you know me. Like, I'm not just leaving you high and dry. Like, this yeah, you gave him 30 days. It's like, that's that's pretty textbook, you know? Yeah. And I, and I was also thinking, I'm like, dude, this this hasn't been fun since like we started having problems when the other guy left. So this was going to have to come to an end at some point. So it's just like, I don't understand why it was like such a shock to everybody, but, uh, but yeah, but, but I, I eventually moved out and it was, uh, like, like way better. Cause I was just so happy <laughs> because when I would like live there, it, was, it just, yeah, it just became so, uh, it just didn't feel fun anymore. It didn't even feel like home. I, I just felt like a prisoner in my own room. Cause I would, I got to yeah. the point where I would just like never leave my room. I think um, about that too. I was like, yeah. yo, if I, if I get sick of this, like and I'm bound to release, I got to go home and like, not want to see these people lock myself in there and then rinse repeat, you know? Yeah. So just, uh, yeah. What, what I would say is never, uh, sacrifice your own happiness for other people because nobody's going to care about you as much as you care about yourself. And I had to learn how to be selfish because, because I used to care so much about wanting people to, to, um, you know, be happy and wanting people to, to like, like me. But I just, I, I got to a point where, uh, when I didn't have as much like free time to do shit with people and what I, it made me like value like my own time, like way more. And then it just changed like my whole perspective on like so much. It was weird. Yeah, no, that's a really great story, man. You you had mentioned uh, some point in there that you uh, you worked an overnight corporate job. Like, what, what did you do for that? Oh well, I I, I still do it to this day. Um, oh, you work overnights still? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh shit, dude. Yeah, so I, I I just work for uh, this company called uh, Frito Lay. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Like the chips? Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I've been with them for a minute. Uh, you know, got promoted a bunch of times, so I'm I'm. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just there. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. You, you, you like the overnight schedule? What do you work like 9 PM to 6 AM or no, no, no. I, I work like uh 1 AM to about 12 30 PM. Damn, man. I do respect. I could never, I could never do that. Dude. It, it's uh like, as long as I've been doing it, that's like the one thing that I, figured I would get used to at some point, but like, I'm still not used to waking up so early. That's, that's, the, yeah. that's the hardest part of my day. I'm sure it has its perks. Cause I used to, um, why for a while, for about five years, I worked at Lowe's and, uh, I kind of built myself up off the ladder and a lot of days or weeks, you know, my, my store manager would come up to me and be like, okay, you got to work two or three weeks overnight. And I'd just be like, oh, no, because <laughs> I have to like adjust from going to like a two to 11 schedule or mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, like a nine to six or six to three you know, straight into working 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. And it was just like the worst. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I sometimes fear that I'm going to have uh, dementia when I'm older because I get such a little sleep because uh, I, I stay up. I don't say like super late, but I, I go to bed uh like around 10 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So go to bed at 10. Okay. This is a crazy thing about it. Actually, and wake up at five hours. <laughs> no, no, not even five. I, I go to bed at 10, wake up at like 12, 1230, get to work at one and then uh, do it all over again. Damn, dude. You're a madman for that. That's that's crazy, but I respect it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's, it's a weird life, but, you know, just figuring it out. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty crazy, but. You're managing it, so that's great. Yeah, but I, I kind of want to switch gears and uh, talk about the band. Uh, so, 
the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that you play in Final Right, but I'm curious about the beginning of the band because there's not a whole lot out there on you guys, and you guys haven't done too much. So I'm just curious, like, um, like how did the band come together? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so Final Right essentially was a band kind of created for uh, this kid that is around here. His name's Jeremy, and uh, Jeremy. He's a legend. He's been going to shows uh, around this area longer than I have, and he's younger than me. You know, he's, uh, I think he's 19 or 20. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I remember um, I started seeing Jeremy at shows. I specifically remember uh, there's this club from Poughkeepsie. Uh, it's called The Chance, and uh, it's a legendary venue. A lot of people uh, like to talk down upon it, including myself. Um, it's a place we all love to hate. But it's a legendary venue. I remember seeing him there, um, and I had no idea who he was. And I was seeing All Out War and Brick by Brick. And uh, during All Out War, Soaked in Torment, I remember it so vividly. It's kind of strange. And I I went by myself, didn't know anybody. Uh, Mike Score hands the mic to Jeremy, and I had no idea who he was. And I was like, man, like, why is this dude handing this kid the mic? Like, he's like 15. And uh, he just fucking crushes it, like crushes all the vocal parts of Soaked in Torment. And I was like, dude, I have to find out who that is. And this is like 2016, 2017. And then fast forward three or four years later, um, the final right demo comes out. And uh, I think I have been introduced to Jeremy um, up to that time. But I uh, I really started to... uh, get to know who it was. I found out who played on the demo and I figured out it was Jeremy singing. Um, and then I also found out that it was pretty much a band done for Jeremy by uh, Terry and Jack who play guitar in, in Age of Apocalypse. So uh, Jack pretty much wrote that demo for Jeremy and, and did a band for him. Um, and then we kind of, uh, I really liked it. You know, it left a lasting impression in my head for sure. And uh, I would see, I had been pretty friendly with Terry for uh, a while after that point, didn't really know Jack that well, but I saw them at shows and uh, Jeremy had came up to me at a show that they were at and uh, asked me if I wanted to play. And I gave it some thought and you know, I caved in and said, yes. So that was the, uh, the lineup right there. It was uh, <clears throat> three of the members of Age of Apocalypse, myself and, and Jeremy. And uh, we kind of ran with it. Hell yeah, that, that's a cool story. Um, and shout out Age of Apocalypse, such a great band. Yeah, man, they're uh, a huge, huge influence on me. Um, definitely a band that we all respect and love from around here, no matter who it is from the Hudson Valley. You know, it's, you, you bring that name up and they're known, you know, and they, there's I can't stress this enough. There's no no more people that deserve the attention that they're garnering more than them. Like Jack and Terry have done a lot of bands together over the past 10 years around here. Um, a lot of them I've been a huge fan of, and this one is the one that's taken off. Um, but the band is the final, right? Final, right. Uh, is, is, has a different lineup now. So Terry and Jack have, uh, kind of stepped away from it to, uh, focus on age of apocalypse and, uh, all their other endeavors. And uh, so who's filling their spots now? So I'm, I, that was partially wrong. Cause Terry is, uh, still very heavily involved in, uh, in final, right. Um, I was mentioning before that a few of my friends had a house in Kingston. They did a band house. Terry's one of them. Um, and he lives with, uh, two of the the members, one being Jeremy and, uh, this dude, Colin and, uh, his girlfriend, and they all got a house in Kingston together. So, uh, they're all together constantly. So it's kind of, 
kind of a no-brainer they have to be together and, and talk about it and, and do things but uh the people that are playing now um obviously me and jeremy still in the band um this dude tony uh who plays in a band from around here called worn thin um and he has a bunch of other projects and uh he's great you know i, I met him recently and uh, it's like we've known each other for you know 10 years it's, it's really cool and uh then colin is on guitar colin was a, a dude that we had met um, initially he had booked my old band, uh, prime in his basement. It was kind of crazy. Um, we just got a DM and, uh, I responded to it and, uh, it was this girl asking us to play this basement in Warwick, New York. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. And they wanted final right to play it first too. Um, but she didn't know I was in the band at, at the time. So I told her that we wouldn't be able to, but we eventually ended up coming back and playing that as final, right. But the first show was for prime. We played Colin's basement. And uh, we had met him, we'd have met him there and he's a fantastic guitar player, great musician and a great dude. So it was kind of a no brainer that he would jump on guitar. So it's Tony and uh, <clears throat> Colin on guitar. And Terry had found a, a drummer for us who uh, plays in a couple thrash metal bands from around here. They're really cool. Shout out Firing Squad. Um, his name's Alan. I've only met him once or twice, but he's, uh, he's really cool. He's 15. Oh, wow. That's a young dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really awesome that he's playing in this band you know it's it's really inclusive and cool yeah and for, for somebody to be so young to have these experiences early on i feel like that's really important and also like really awesome that you guys are willing to have them in the band yeah and and it's incredible you know because like i talk about it and he just plays like he has the experience of a 30 year old like if we ever get recorded and, and we're playing like when people see him play drums um i think it's just going to be like that's what they're going to watch the whole set you know, and Jeremy killing people in the crowd. Okay. So th that's cool that you guys were able to have a, a new solid lineup. And obviously as shows are starting to become, uh, you know, more active, I I'm curious, uh, does final right have more plans to, to do more shows? Cause, uh, obviously 2020, not a whole lot going on for anybody, but now that things are basically back, I'm just curious, uh, are you guys going to try to get busy? yeah yeah absolutely um the uh the show offers are usually bounced around in the group chat usually either uh terry or jeremy um <clears throat> will ask or get asked and they'll communicate it to us and uh we'll see what's what's going on uh, but i know we have a few shows coming up in long island um at uh shakers not too sure of the lineups yet but that, those will probably be announced soon um and we're kind of just really open to doing whatever so if you know you want final right to come to your town or city just dm me <laughs> that's awesome that you guys are playing shakers because uh, just n just knowing that that venue made it through the uh you know 2020 especially with all like the, the weird drama with the whole chili dog situation <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just stoked to see uh, so many awesome shows uh, you know already booked there and, and now hearing that you guys are making your way over there that, that that's really cool and i'm stoked for them yeah no it's it's dope i remember uh, <laughs> i remember that show we were just talking about that that was fucking hilarious but yeah we uh, we played shakers it was actually our last show before the pandemic um it was a really cool lineup it was soul blind prime and final right so two bands that i was playing in mm -hmm. um who else played that oh yes duke it was yes duke's first show and that band rocks man they're so cool um and i want to say other band is eluding me right now but yeah it was it was a really really fun show good time damn that's awesome and also shout out soul blind i'm 
very stoked to to see them getting out there. You know, they're be hitting California next month, and I'm just really happy for, for them because I know that they had uh, one at least one full U.S. tour, uh, you know, lined up for 2020, but that got canceled. So I'm just really happy for, for those guys to be able to finally start, you know, getting out and doing more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about another band that really deserves it. You know what I mean? Like all the attention that they're getting, they worked really hard and I love their sound. You know, they're all local guys. Some of them are Poughkeepsie. So they're, uh, they live very close to me. Yeah. And, uh, shout out to, to Sen. He, he's, uh, like my main contact for the band. He actually, uh, I can't remember when, but he flew out to California and we hung out and it was, uh, it was super random because, uh, I, I, he, he had some plane tickets, for some gigs that were supposed to happen, but he was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to California and figure it out. And I, <laughs> yeah, it was just so random. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember where I was and uh, cause he just hit me up. He's like, Hey, like I'm in LA. Do you want to hang out? And I remember we went, I picked up in LA and then we went to go get vegan food. And then we went to San Diego. It was crazy. Yeah, no, that, that's cool. Yeah. I like that dude a lot. He's really cool. I, uh, I remember one of my friends in high school, um, he showed me, he used to sing in an old band from around here called God of Wine. He fronted like a hardcore band, mm-hmm. but I'd never, never heard that before. And it was really cool. But yeah, that dude, uh, that dude rocks. Yeah, for sure. And so final right, you guys dropped the demo in uh, 2019, but it's been a minute since uh, there's been any new music. Have you guys been working on new songs or have you guys recorded anything since then? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we're working on a five song EP uh, coming out on a label um it's going to be coming out later this year um we pretty much are just we have all the songs pretty much finished we're okay. just really finding them and, and uh fine-tuning them <clears throat> and then we're gonna go and uh hit up studio jacks in uh, c- a couple weeks actually two or three weeks and uh studio jacks yeah it's jack from AOA. he's a you know his own studio in uh, massachusetts okay hell yeah i was actually gonna ask if you guys were gonna record with him again yeah i'm gonna record with him as much as i can he just has a a really good uh a good brain for it you know it's just, he just knows how things should sound and you know all of his recordings he recorded my old man prime mm-hmm. and uh i love the the sound of that record a lot i think he the drums he did we recorded them in a gym uh he used to live down here in kingston new york and we did them in a gym and like the reverb is just so natural like he has a really cool way of doing things i think it's really innovative that's awesome. And now I'm thinking like a, like a gymnasium or like a gym with like weights and stuff. A gym with weights. It was really weird. But like the weird natural reverb that bounced off of that room uh-huh. just made the drums on the EP sound so crazy. It was just so natural. Like it's hard to explain. I just love him. <laughs> and did he have to like sell you on the idea or were you guys just down to do it? No, and it, we just did it there. They, uh, they did it the first day. And then the second day I went and tracked bass at his house interesting okay now I, I want to go back and listen to the record and kind of focus on the drums now that i know that they are recorded in a gym yeah no it's crazy uh the, the, the old band i'm talking about prime it might be hard to find on spotify because there's like a thousand like prefixes and, and artists name that and whatnot but i'll definitely link you again <laughs> yes please do that and as much as uh you know uh, facebook instagram and all them are like you know spying and selling our, our uh, data I, I wish it would be easier to to find stuff on spotify like that because yeah there are some bands that have some pretty common names or phrases and i'm just like where the hell are they like why can't i find them on spotify <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of shared names and similarities i believe there was a band 
name prime to another hardcore band that was current but you know same name who cares as long as both bands are sick you know <laughs> yeah for sure uh, and you mentioned that the record's gonna come out uh you know by the end of the year and we're a little more than halfway through the year are there going to be any announcements anytime soon or is it all just going to have like one big rollout at the end of the year um time frame wise i'm not too sure on um i know everyone in the band is very keen on it coming out asap um uh-huh. we do have that song coming out on uh the comp coming out in a, in a week or so so that uh we're hoping that that it gets received well and then uh, we we garner some attention from that and then you know in, in a month or two after drop that and kind of blow everybody's mind away you know 100 and that is exactly why i wanted to have you on the podcast uh at, at this point in time obviously i wanted to have you on before uh but time just didn't work out but yes i wanted to have you on because uh, final right is one of the bands on the one scene unity comp volume two and i'm super stoked for you guys because when i think about that comp uh when i think about volume one uh, a lot of people um, that I didn't even know were paying attention, like my friends that I know that like hardcore, but I just didn't know that they were, um, you know, in tune with like, you know, the once in unity comp, uh, but I was stoked, but I saw a lot of people like posting the uh, AOA track specifically. And I was just like, huh, I was like, this is really cool to see them get that kind of attention, especially from my friends who I just didn't even think were aware of the comp, but for them to get, uh, like so much attention from that. I, I felt like that did a lot of good things for them. Yeah, for sure. Like you're saying for the people that were kind of spectating it. No, I'm, I'm talking about for AOA. Oh yeah. For age of apocalypse. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they got such a great reception. You know, that, that the balance is definitely one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. on that comp. There's a, that, that to me, that's like a perfect compilation. You know, it has something for everyone. Yeah, honestly, with even with like the the arrangement of, of the the tracks, like I can listen to that front to back and not feel like uh, you know getting through certain tracks is a chore, right? For, for no, me, dude, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, every song. Yeah, every band killed it. And yeah, and just the order they they put it in, it was just uh, everything just felt right. Yeah, no, it's just it holds your attention span from front from start to finish. I, I feel what you're saying, 100. percent yeah so i'm hoping with um obviously uh not with uh, just final right but i'm hoping with the comp um a, a lot of bands just get more attention uh from it and you know get blown up and get it just exposed uh you know to people who probably wouldn't have uh, paid attention um, if it wasn't on the comp because i feel like that's like one job of the comp is to expose people to, to music that they probably would have never checked out or just didn't have time to check out yeah no for sure a lot of bands uh, especially from the hudson valley um until they get a shout out they kind of say stay uh little subversive if you will They'll stay around this area the northeast hudson valley connecticut and long island yeah and you know for the longest time like when i thought of uh is it poughkeepsie or poughkeepsie 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 okay for the yeah. long for the longest time whenever i uh, thought of that area the only band that came to mind was this older band called just surrender i'm not sure if you're familiar just surrender it sounds very familiar but enlighten me they're kind of like i want to say like kind of like more like a like, like an emo band they did um they were on like the ap tour like and this is like probably like uh you know like late 2000s yeah um, but they were just like in my world they're just you know the, the only band from that area that i knew about uh, yeah but then obviously over time now like the the first band that comes to my mind is like mind force 
Right, precisely, yeah. Yeah, so and that we, just kind of like took over. I'm kind of like, okay, when I think of that area, yeah, Mind Force comes to mind, not just Surrender anymore because they're not, they're not even a band anymore, but it's just like, yeah, like Mind Force is just way more relevant these days. Yeah, man, Mind Force, uh, you know, shout out to, to Jay for really uh, taking the flag for Poughkeepsie, you know, and the Hudson Valley in general. Yeah, it really makes it sound like it's uh, the coolest place ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, to to be fair, everybody that I've talked to from your area, everybody has been like super like chill and super nice. So it makes me want to go and see what's going on out there. Oh, dude! Anytime you're coming out to a show, come come chill. We'll have all the podcast guests chill. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, and doing this, like uh, I just have to travel to so many places that I've that I haven't been yet, and I'm just uh, you know stoked to, to to do it at some point. And I am uh, doing a, a bit of traveling uh, to, to get out to different scenes that I haven't been to before, uh, which I haven't said publicly, but I'm going to. Uh, in September, I'm going to Pensacola, Florida, for the Burning Strong CD release uh, show. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah no, I, I actually heard that band's track uh, a couple days ago. Um, a bunch of my bandmates, when I was telling them before in Kingston, mm-hmm. um, they went to the uh, One Scene Unity Barbecue yeah. in, um, in Pennsylvania. And I guess Carter from From Within was selling the record early or the compilation early rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, they bought like three or four copies and brought them back and we were listening to it. And uh, yeah, that their song was amazing. Really good band. Yeah, they're such an amazing band. And uh, yeah, so I'm traveling in, in September for specifically for their record release show. And and that's what I'm stoked about. Cause I've, I've been to Florida before, but I've never been to Pensacola. So I'm just like, all right, cool. I need, I, I get to go check out uh, you know, the Pensacola scene, but also I, I get to see um, one of the you know, bigger local bands from that area, uh, you know, do an awesome show. So it, it's uh, super cool for me to be able to do something like that. And it's something that I'm planning on doing more in the future. Yeah, man. Yeah. Coming to Poughkeepsie, that'd be dope. It's uh, it's definitely a cool place. You know, there's some parts of it that are pretty dangerous, but there's some parts of it that are really great. Uh, we have a walkway here that spans the entire Hudson river where uh, the name Hudson Valley gets that from. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can walk over it. You bike it when COVID first hit, I used to bike it pretty much every single day because I was uh, you know bored out of my skull. And uh, that was like the only thing to do, but yeah, no, it's got a lot of cool spots. If you like good food, there's a shit ton of good food. So I'm trying to, you know, I, I follow Jay on social media and I always see him and uh, Aaron making pizza. I'm, I'm trying to get some homemade pizza from them. <laughs> yeah the the pizza i'm sure what they make is is really good but there's a hit or miss pizza spots in the hudson valley i'd say my personal favorite um there's a town to the side of poughkeepsie called hyde park okay. and uh it's uh there's this place called a taste in naples and i'm obviously referring to naples in italy mm-hmm. and uh they're a family from italy that moves here and uh they just make the most authentic shit it just tastes amazing but I think where the Hudson Valley really shines in is really fucking amazing delis and deli food. I'm uh, very, very passionate about delis. Do you, do you have delis in California? Normally, the majority of our delis are like attached or, or they're, they're like in grocery stores, right? Okay. So if you go get some meats and then also there's like uh, like little mom and pop delis like scattered like across town. But right. uh, if I'm I'm think, trying to think right now, like like where would I go for like a nice deli sandwich? And like I can't even think of like the go-to deli out here in Orange County. So um, yeah, no, it's 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 like you know they're there, but I'm not like part of that Dude. culture. I, all right. So next time, if you ever find yourself coming up here, which hopefully you will, hopefully we'll have some sick show worth coming to. 
we're going to Rossi's Deli in Poughkeepsie, New York. That's the greatest deli in the country. Okay. And so now I'm curious, what makes this deli the greatest in the country? Because that's a bold statement. It, uh, it's bold, but it's accurate um, from anybody who's been there. Um, I've been critical of it in the past year or so. It's my favorite deli, okay. obviously. And I've been going there for, God, since I was 14, 15. But it, uh, you know, it's hard to explain. You know, I can explain it in a, in, in a New York sense. But a lot of delis you go to, you'll, you'll walk in, cold cuts or boar's head. You know, everything's kind of standard. You've been there before type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, you walk into Rossi's and it's just something totally different. It is uh, pure, 100% authentic Italian and Sicilian food. Um, they do hot food every day. And it's like they have a huge staff just committed to making all their food. They make all their focaccia on site. Um, they get everything imported, you know, from olive oil to prosciutto to anything you can think of. And, uh, you know, a sandwich, it's just made differently. <laughs> it's so hard to explain. It's truly different. And uh, that's what makes it such a staple. Okay. So what's your go-to order when you go to Rossi's? This is, I was saying I was been critical of it in the past year. Okay. Um, and this is why. So previously from 2014 on, when I started going, you'd go in and there would be about six sandwiches on the menu okay. and there were their classic staple sandwiches. Um, I can name them probably all imports mix, muffaletta, number four. Um, I'm forgetting the other three. I, I failed already. <laughs> it's all good. But, but six, right? You get the idea. Six sandwiches. Okay. Small and menu. then, yeah, pretty small, but you could get hot food. You can get custom, whatever you want. Um, and I think around 2018 to 2019, they, uh, they would have a special every day. And they just said, fuck it, and added the specials on every like every day you could get 12 sandwiches every day Mm -hmm. and that was just like heaven i was like bro like what the fuck am i gonna get like so much shit and uh then when covid hit it uh you know obviously it it hit all the businesses around here very very severely um a lot of people you know started to dwindle dwindle and whatever um but rossi's adapted to it pretty well they would they would uh, serve everything in the back they would walk out the door hand you your food and you'd be on your way and then uh people we it started to be accepted that you could walk in into places again you know Mm -hmm. what i mean without with a mask obviously and and you know that was okay and they started doing that and they changed the whole layout and they they secretly changed all the sandwiches and all the ingredients on them secretly yes and i was like what the fuck like i just i just want a fucking regular imports mix and now it has like olive salad and shit on it it's like it's such a fucking terrible problem to have (laughs) Uh but it's uh it's funny because uh yeah Back then it was different, but it's still amazing now. You know, I just have to ask for shit a little differently. Interesting, but uh, but same quality, same quality, same exactly. That that never changes. You know what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. makes it such a standout. And they, uh, I can't blame them for doing what they did. You know, they're a business and they have to innovate and they have to uh, take chances. And I don't blame them, but you know, I miss my my old sandwiches. <laughs> okay. Um- I was trying to like, you know, dig through my brain to try to come up with like the best deli, but I I can't even think of anything out here, but back home there's this place and it's the number one, uh, uh, restaurant on Yelp or it was in like 2018. I'm not sure where it's now, but it's kind of a big deal, right? To be number one restaurant on Yelp. Um, it's, it's this place back home called uh, TKB and it's a pretty crazy deli and, and they make like really good sandwiches and like 
my buddy Nate, shout out to Nate. He's the one that introduced me to that spot. So he's always down to go, but uh, a lot of people uh, don't really like to go down there just because of the price. They think it's like too expensive, but I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, I am willing to pay for quality, right? Because I'd rather have good food than bad food. Absolutely. Especially if I'm spending like my hard earned money. So I'm just like, yeah, like I'm down to pay the premium to get great sandwiches. And this is the number one spot on Yelp. Like it's, it's definitely worth it. It's not, a, it's not a gimmick. It's not a joke. Right. But uh, yeah. if uh, for some reason or whenever final right makes it out here, we're going to have to make the you know trip down to the TKB and, uh, you know, give you a, a daily experience out here in Dude, Southern California. I would love nothing more. And uh, I might piss some people off by saying Rossi's is the greatest deli. But, you know, once I get more experience, I can truly uh, have some weight to back that statement up. <laughs> okay. And is, is there like a backup deli that you go to? Like say Rossi's like a little too busy or you're just not feeling. Uh, there's a handful. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's a handful, but, you know, nothing. What I was saying before about Rossi's is like you, you'll walk into a deli, you, you know, you see the boar's head and you, you've seen it before, like that type of thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot of those delis around here. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of ones that do it good. Um, I used to live. Uh, in the town of Poughkeepsie for a little bit, which is a little north of the city. And uh, I lived across from a plaza called Apple Valley. And there's a uh, deli in there called Uncle Vinny's. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, like a mom and pop deli, but they do really good stuff there. And uh, I like that. That's a number two. I'd say that one. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, I I definitely have to make it out at some point. Cause like when when I think about uh, all these podcasts that I've done and obviously there's like certain uh, scenes where I've talked to more people, um, than other scenes and uh, definitely uh, you know Hudson Valley uh, is up there so I, I definitely got to make that trip out there at some point especially since yeah. there's like you know obviously like people like you and the other uh, friends that I've had on it just seems like a great place a ton of great people from there so yeah I, I have to check it out at some point in the future dude definitely yeah it's a it's a really cool cool uh, cool scene we have here it's uh, it's pretty small pretty family oriented like once you get in you get taken care of and uh, you don't get out it's a good thing yeah, I have this uh, this interesting idea that I've been uh, toying with, and I'm actually going to implement it uh, uh, going forward. I, I got some plans that I can't really speak about publicly, but I'll have to talk to you about it off air. Yeah, man, that's that's great. <laughs> Are they travel uh, travel plans or? Yeah, yes, but okay. l- l- let's just leave it at that. So um, we don't give <laughs> we don't give too much away because we're trying to. Um, yes do some cool shit concealed keep it concealed do some cool shit but okay but um you you mentioned uh but going back to the the once in unity comp i I was curious um how did uh, you guys get asked to be on yeah um so originally actually my old band prime was supposed to be uh on the comp and final right wasn't Mm -hmm. um but unfortunately prime uh, when covid hit it you know it hit us all really hard um and there were just conflicting opinions with other members in the band. Um, and we kind of, you know, I tried really hard to, uh, to keep doing it. Um, but our singer in prime, uh, who I think very highly of, and I'm a huge fan of his voice and vocals. I think, uh, I think he is one of the best frontmen, if not the best or my personal favorite in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't really down to do it anymore. And, uh, I kind of sucked. I was trying to, you know, poke him and be like, yo, you know, let's fucking do this shit again. You know, what are you doing? But he was, uh, he was out, didn't want to do it. So, uh, we, for a while we were like, oh, who are we going to get to sing? You know, whatever. And, uh, we were throwing it, throwing it around. And, uh, I don't know. I, I really wasn't, I didn't want to continue the band without Tony anymore. And, uh, I made the decision to not really do it. 
and uh, Prime actually continued, and uh, they're called Big Shot, um, but it's not really Prime. It's kind of a, a brand new band. Yeah, and they they rock. They're awesome. But I just, I just didn't want to do it at the time. But then uh, Jeremy from Final Right kind of knew that situation and uh, hit up uh, Carter, I believe, and he was like, "Hey, you know, uh, Tyler's other band can't do it anymore, but we would love to. You know, if you're looking for another Hudson Valley band." And Carter was down, uh, I think. So that was uh, how it happened, and the rest is history, I believe. Well, I, I, I'm bummed that things didn't work out with Prime, but I'm, I'm just happy that uh, Carter still, you know, had that slot for you know the, the Hudson Valley. Yeah, Carter uh, seems like a really, really solid guy, and I love what he's doing with From Within. He's getting so many great bands. Um, I'm really excited to see all the future releases come out. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, for me being such a fan i'm i'm always just blown away at how far they've come in such a short time could you think about uh from like the very first release to where they're at now it's just like holy shit like it hasn't even been that long it's only been a couple of years yeah yeah he, he's just done everything the right way and you know rightfully so blew up you know it's a fucking amazing label done by kids like it's a fucking awesome yeah, hundred percent, and I and I'm happy to to be able to have a, a a working relationship with them. I you know talk about them in every intro of the podcast, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's a you know a pleasure of mine to to be able to you know help promote that and just know Carter and just know a, a lot of people from the the bands that are on the label. It's, it's just something cool to to, to witness because I, I try to like. Uh, appreciate things more in real time right because i'm just like holy shit like i'm living through this time where uh i'm gonna i know i'm gonna look back and just be like those were some fucking crazy moments right but i don't want to uh not like waste any time that's why i uh, i want to talk to you know so many people involved with this as i can just so when i look back i won't feel like shit like i should have done this or i should have you know appreciated it a little bit more it's like no like i'm trying to do that all as much as i can in real time and just you know have some sort of uh you know uh reference to it um, you know so i can look back on those memories and just uh, you know know that i made the most of it yeah fuck yeah stay in the moment that's how you gotta do it it's a good way to look at it yeah, but I, I'm just yeah seriously I'm just happy that you guys were able to figure it out and uh, just give that opportunity to to, to final right because listening to the demo which seems like forever ago right when it came out and it was just one of those situations where I was hoping like okay like it's been a minute since uh, music has come out or I've even heard anything uh, but when you um, let me know that you guys are going to be on the comp I was just like hell yeah like I'm stoked that there's you know some movement happening and I just felt like. Uh, for for everybody that's on the comp, it's just gonna be a lot of good attention on them. Yeah, man. I uh, it's been a slow and steady kind of thing with uh, with the band, but yeah, I heard the uh, I heard the whole comp the other day, and uh, dude, some of the bands on it like just absolutely destroyed it. You know, it's like amazing. The uh, the uh, <clears throat> I think the band's called Almighty Watching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Kyle's heard, band. Yeah, yeah. Um, that song in particular just completely blew me away um i'm a big fan of the band dismay from mm-hmm. connecticut um prime used to rent a practice space from their bass player and uh he got me into a lot of that stuff and uh that record in doubt you know it kind of uh draws a lot of inspiration from that and that song was just dude i'll, I'll wait till you hear it it's it's fantastic and uh the other song that really stood out to me was that band uh, they're from florida moment of truth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that's, <laughs> I did not expect Moment of Truth to sound like that because I hadn't heard them previously. But oh my God, just like so aggressive, so good, like blew me away. Yeah, I feel like there's um, something special in, in the water over there in Florida because I feel like there's so many awesome bands from that scene. Yeah, no, Florida rocks. I uh, I really want to go down there um, for a show or whatever. But yeah, lots of cool bands. Yeah, I, I've only been to two shows in Florida. I, I went to the Point of Contact CD release for uh, Commitment, and then I went to FYA in 2020. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I really like uh, Method of Doubt is from Florida, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Method of Doubt is insanely good. I really like that band. And uh, Envision. Envision rocks. Great band. Straight Edge. Love them. Yeah, no, they just do such a great sound. They remind me, uh, there's this band from Albany, New York, which is only an hour and a half away. Um, <clears throat> and they sound exactly fucking like them. Why am I forgetting the name right now? I'll think of it later. <laughs> no, for sure. Older it's, all, band. it's all good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm dying to see Envision again because I got to see them when they came to California a couple summers ago. And then when I saw them at FYA, it's just like, damn, that band's just super sick. Yeah, amazing riffs. I really like his voice. Yeah, and they're playing that uh, California Takeover show in Philly, which I'm stoked for them. That's going to be a a great show for them. Yeah, yeah, I saw that with Snapcase and uh, and Strife, I believe. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. Yeah, because they did that. uh, I can't remember what year they did that out here. It was pretty recent. Maybe like two years ago, but obviously not 2020. Was it 2018 or 2019? I can't remember. But yeah, I don't even know. It's a pretty solid lineup of of those older bands. Yeah, no, that's like fucking full full course meal shit. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm, now I'm trying to think. Yeah, because when they came out here, uh, Magnitude played, and I was just like, dude, that band. That's a band that has eluded me. I've never seen them. Oh, really? It's, yeah, okay. I was supposed to go see them. Um, they played in up in Albany mm-hmm. at the Fuse Box, this venue called the Fuse Box, which is now uh, not survived COVID, unfortunately. But that was a a main venue of Albany. A lot of all of us uh, from the Hudson Valley would frequently go up to Albany because of how close it was. And uh, Magnitude played with uh, Mind Force. I believe it was Terror, Kublai Khan, and um, another band that I'm forgetting. But I was supposed to go to that. And it's funny because it, COVID had just started. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> like I had got insanely sick, like the worst flu I've ever had in my life, like close to it. And uh at the point like COVID was like just starting to get media scare and uh, everybody was like, Oh my God, this is like the next crazy thing. But nobody was wearing masks yet. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was still up in the air and like, I'm watching the news like every day and I'm just like, yo, I fucking have this thing. Like I'm going to die. Like what's going to, what's going to happen? Like I have to go to, I went to the hospital and uh, I walked in the ER and I'm just like, Hey, like I, I need help. Like I'm, I'm really feeling terrible. And I'm like, okay, but put this mask on. And they, 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 everybody around me took like five steps back. And I was like, dude, this feels so awful. Like, and thank God I only had the flu and not COVID. And I went back and all the time I'm missing fucking restraining order. Mind for, oh yeah, that's the other band that played was restraining order. Mind force and terror. And uh, in Albany, I was like, dude, this sucks. And like, that was the last show that happened in, in that area, you know, as far as I can remember. And then, you know, kiss two years goodbye. It sucked. Damn, so you could have been patient zero out there. Yeah, for real. Thank God I wasn't. <laughs> That's crazy. Right, and did you ever get it? No, no, never. I uh, 
got sick at the beginning of COVID uh-huh. and got sick at the end of COVID and both of them were not COVID. So thanks to you to whoever fucking is looking down on me and not, not giving me COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nice. Right. I, I, I like feel ashamed to admit that I got COVID. Oh, damn, dude. How do you think you got it? Were you, were you out somewhere public or? Yeah, I, I, I assume that I got it from work because because yeah. at the time I would just work and come home because there wasn't like anything really open and i i just uh, i i wasn't scared of it but also at the same time i wasn't just being reckless and just still going out and doing stuff so i would just you know try to keep it very minimal if i had to like go out and do anything um but i, I just remember it was like, on like maybe like a saturday I, I started feeling weird and i was like oh this is like normal right because I, I i have like a pretty good immune system i, I like before i got covid I, it probably been like maybe eight years before like I'd been sick, so I was just like, all right. I was like, uh, maybe this is just like a weird thing. Maybe I ate something bad and it'll pass. And I remember I went to work that Monday and I felt like a piece of shit. Like I felt so <laughs> like weak and like I just I was just like, okay, let me just do the bare minimum and then I'm just gonna go home. Like I don't care. Like this just doesn't feel right. So like I, I went home and then I remember I waking up. Like a couple hours before I was gonna go in, like the following day, and I was like, I, yeah, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna do like that again. So I, I was like, all right, I was like, I'm just gonna chill and not go to work. And then I went, uh, went and got tested, uh, and it came up negative. But with my job, even if like it came up negative, like you still had to uh, be like quarantined for like two weeks and then uh, you know get like another negative test. So I was like, all right, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to work for the next two weeks. And then uh, things just got worse. Like I, I just got like sick, <laughs> and it was pretty annoying because I, I, just, I didn't really have any motivation to do anything. Because I was like, oh, cool, like I'm on, you know, two weeks leave from work. I'm gonna catch up on so many shows and movies and stuff. But like, <laughs> yeah. just like the, my mental state, I just like first of all, like my, my sleep schedule got was all backwards, right? Because I was just like sleeping all day and then you know throwing up all night, and I just didn't I, yeah I, I literally like i tried so many times to like watch like like i have like this imaginary list of movies that i have to watch and <laughs> um I, I tried to like you know getting through it but i would just sit there and i couldn't even focus i was just like i don't even care about this this could this probably could be like the, one of the greatest movies ever but i just don't give a fuck so i just yeah you know would go back to sleep and it, it was yeah it was just such a waste of time that was like that was like my biggest bummer it was like i just didn't do shit for like two weeks and i had to like rescheduled so many podcasts and like there was like this like agent that i was talking to and i felt like he probably thought i was just being a dick and uh, like not wanting <laughs> to, to do like this podcast but it's just like no like i'm really sick like it, i know it seems like weird timing but i'm really sick like i'm not lying. yeah i know it seems i'm on it's weird timing but I, I might be on the verge of death you're gonna have to hold on <laughs> yeah yeah so i, I tend to like just reshuffle so many things and yeah I th- that was just like yeah that was the biggest bummer was uh wasting so much time but then also like having to admit that i got it um, but, but I didn't, I, I didn't tell anybody about it until after I got better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any shame in, uh, you know, it's such a circumstantial thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ashamed of uh, telling people you got it. I know a lot, there's like a ton of people, um, in this scene actually, especially that got it. Mm-hmm. The drummer of uh prime, his name's Brian. He's been through fucking hell and high water, dude. Like he, uh, he, he had cancer, he had skin cancer. Oh, wow. And, uh, this dude, you know, he's, he's 35. He's been straight edge his whole life. And, uh, he got skin cancer, you know, he's a tough guy, you know, for sure. And, uh, I felt so bad because right when COVID hit, he got it. And I was like, no, 
like not Brian, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like fucking you're going to like kick, you're going to kick its ass though. You know? And he did, you know, it it was crazy. Yeah. The first time I'm I'm pretty sure it was the first time anybody that came on the podcast that had it, it was, uh, the, the drummer of incendiary. If I remember correctly, Uh, I listened to that episode. Yeah. I remember (laughs) when, when he told his story, I was just so like, like blown away because like just like the whole like moment when he realized that he he had it i was like damn that's scary. yeah that was a crazy story i remember i was fucking doing my dishes listening to that episode <laughs> <laughs> that's a trip but yeah but but I, i'm just happy well i'm glad you never got it um and yeah it, it was uh, and it's still uh, definitely still around obviously there's like like a new delta variant going around and la is like bringing back their mask mandate so it's just like for everybody who like you know thought we were in the clear it seems like we're slowly falling back which is a little bit scary and um it, it, it's pretty interesting because like well, i'm just like one county over from la so uh we're not bringing our mask mandate back yet as far yeah. as i know so because like things aren't as bad here as i guess they are in la but it's just like yeah it, it feels like we're, we're out of the pandemic but it, um, in all reality like we're still in it so hopefully right uh things don't go backwards and we just continue uh, trending forward and things just keep getting better because it's just uh it was just a crazy year and obviously like nobody wants to go through something like that again no dude i can't even imagine how it is in in california let alone la because la has like one of the highest populaces in the country but in like upstate new york it's uh it's it's odd you know no, nobody has a mask which is like i guess okay and accepted at this point mm-hmm. but you know it's it's kind of like new york city's totally different vibe like i would probably rock a mask if i was in the subways or, or in grand central or shit like that but in in hudson valley everybody's pretty spaced out and it's it's kind of a chill a chill thing at the moment you know there's not a ton of cases rising um, i don't think that variant has uh reached us or you know i'm not too informed on the subject to to speak about it but I think it's we're doing okay in uh around here yeah i kept my mask on for like an extra like week after like um it wasn't like uh you know mandatory for people who got got vaccinated so like as the businesses and stuff uh you know changed their rules like i i still kept mine on for like an extra week just to kind of see how things play yeah. out so but, did i yeah yeah so I wear, I still wear it where places still require it, which is no problem for me. But then like the places that I go that I know don't require it, I just don't wear it. Yeah. I'd say like the, the one place I do wear it now is if I go into a pharmacy or places that I know do like COVID testing, I'll, I'll always rock it. But other than that, it was a, a, a big breath of fresh air, no pun intended to, uh, <clears throat> to do wear it, not wear it at work. Um, you know, I just, it became like such a habit and it was, you know, it's, a little nuance, but it, it's a pain in the ass nonetheless, you know, and uh, I, I finally got was able to get vaccinated and not wearing at work was like the biggest relief. I think one of the strangest things for me was uh, I uh, like got a promotion. So I, I like moved into like a different area and I had, you know, like I'd only seen these people with their masks on. So when people were taking their masks off, I'm like, oh, like that's what you look like. That's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it hit me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've never seen their face before that's crazy <laughs> yeah dude people like like i was saying before i, I worked at uh, lowe's for about five years and you know, i have a similar story to you I, I got accepted multiple promotions and saw myself become you know one of the managers there i managed the pro desk and uh every people every person that like got hired like from the span of when i was a manager 
it's like looking at these like younger kids and just like when they take their mask off to eat lunch, I was like, who are you? <laughs> I haven't met you before. Like, it's crazy. Like the facial recognition is, is insane. Yeah, I think the I think the only time I, I ever hated wearing a mask was when I went to Disney World because of like the humidity. And, oh my god! Dude, yeah, yeah, and like, just like my upper lip was just so like sweaty, like the whole day, it just felt so <laughs> gross. Yeah, that, fuck that. Yeah, that, that was like the only time I ever like felt like I had an issue where I wanted just to rip it off. But other than that, it, it was just uh, kind of fun for me because I'm like, oh, cool. Because I'm not really like the most social person, so uh, wearing the mask, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, hopefully nobody will want to talk to me, and I can just get in and kind of just get out and just do my thing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm kind of the same way. But I, uh, I was there for a long time and I, I kind of forced me uh, into this like retail persona that I kept pretty well. And uh, you, you, you had to, you know, that was the name of the game. You had to talk to everyone. And, uh, you know, it, it was exhausting, you know, for a long time. Are you familiar with the Instagram uh, channel? I, I don't want to say channel, but the, I guess the Instagram page of like a, a guy named My House is Dirty. No, no, I never heard of it. Okay, because he goes and does like these pranks, but he does pranks in uh, like Walmart, uh, and he just started doing uh, more in like Lowe's. So I, I was curious, maybe if you've ever seen him in there. No, no, you got to link me though. <laughs> okay, they, they do some crazy shit. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send it to you because when I'm watching these videos, I'm like, these guys are so bold. Because I, I oh, I, I think I've seen one, but it might, might not be that video. But it's like of kids just like they walk into a retailer and or like a home improvement retail and they jack a forklift and just drive it around. <laughs> I did. I've never seen that. That's scary. Holy shit! Yeah. You can kill somebody with one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there. It's crazy. I, I was an instructor at, at Lowe's for all of the machinery, and I was watching oh. that. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's wild. Okay, well. Now, now I'm thinking about, I used to work at Home Depot like way back in the day. And yeah, I actually did uh, for a brief stint as well. I, uh, I lost my, uh, my job, unfortunately, and did a brief stint over there. I, yeah, it, it was pretty interesting because I was in like the tool rental department. I'm not sure if they had that at the one that you worked at. Um, the Home Depot did. Lowe's doesn't do tool rental. Um, I think they're demoing it though. But uh, yeah, Home Depot, pretty much everyone has a tool rental. Yeah. The brief uh, part that I was there, I was like specialty sales. Okay. Yeah. I was in the tool rental department and it was the, <laughs> it was such a weird job because I would I'd always work six to two thirty, and it was super busy in the morning, right? Cause all the contractors would come in to you know, yeah. rent their tools. So I would just print up the contracts, they would sign it and then they would leave and there would be nobody for the rest of the day. So I would literally give out all the contracts and then I would cross the parking lot. Like I, I would get like a door stopper cause like uh, the, the tool rental had their own entrance. So I, I would get a door stopper to prop open the tool rental uh, entrance. And then I would cross the, cross the parking lot, get McDonald's breakfast and then I would come back. <laughs> I, I would come back and then I would just sit in the very back of the tool rental and just eat food and watch anime and then dude, I, amazing. <laughs> dude, yeah and i would get so lazy and this is probably pretty bad but whatever i don't work there anymore but like we had um like this area where you would you know have to clean the tools right like if they bring back like the paint sprayers and whatever like you'd have to wa like wash off all the dirt or whatever yeah 
Um, I, I was so fucking lazy uh, and I don't want to cross the store to go to the bathroom. So I would just piss in the fucking uh, uh, cleaner area because it had a drainage for all the, the water and stuff. So I'm, oh, I'm like, this should be all right. So I would literally just piss in there and just not even fucking go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was it was so crazy. But then uh, apparently the whole time while I was there, like all my other co-workers were in some big like scandal because um, uh, everybody was just stealing money and nobody told me. <laughs> Nobody told me. I'm like, why the hell did they leave me out of the plan? Because yeah, like, right. Yeah, I, I guess like everybody, like I made off with like thousands of dollars. Jesus. Yeah, and I and apparently I was the only one that wasn't in on the scheme. So like, like you know, like all the money that I would you know charge people, whatever, everything like made sense, right? There's nothing missing. But come right. to find out, everybody else in the department were stealing money. I was like, damn, dude, because I was like young back then. I was like, I probably could have taking thousands of dollars and yeah you know, not, for real not caring, what, what, what do you have to lose the seasonal job you know what I yeah mean? <laughs> but i thought that was so funny because i was just yeah i'm just in here doing my job being honest but then un, uh, not knowing that all my other co-workers were fucking thieves it was yeah, yeah it, it was a weird time but yeah th- that job was just so funny because yeah i i just got so lazy but i i'm glad i eventually left because yeah no, it, uh, it takes a toll working that working that retail it's a difficult definitely one of the more difficult retail chains is, is lowe's and home depot and, and similar companies yeah and, and so mind you i was i'm um, working at this uh home depot back home and the summer's out there right it would be like 100 plus degrees and when people <laughs> and i would want to like legit kill some people because they'd come and like rent scaffolding in like the middle of summer <laughs> and they'd be like yeah like we need you know like uh, i don't know it was like three stories or whatever I, I don't know the exact measurement but yeah we need like you know three stories worth of scaffolding like and it'd be my job to go outside and i have to like put on gloves because the metal would just be so hot from just baking, <laughs> yeah. baking in the sun all day it was it was it was crazy i i'm happy i'm where i'm at now uh, so. yeah no for sure i uh like i said i took a uh i took the, a different path that i had anticipated i uh, ended up losing my job unfortunately but i rebounded like i, I did that stint at home depot uh-huh. um actually uh I, I left home depot um because the people there kind of were disrespectful to me <clears throat> and it wasn't worth the money um they offered me a lot less than what i was making um previously but yeah. i had left there and then i uh, rebounded my friends from prime tony and ryan even though we're broken up, you know, we're still very friendly with each other. And uh, Ryan and Tony work for a merchandising position for Scott's, like the mulch company. And they, uh, they hooked me up with that for a little bit, but the catch with that was what it, it was seasonal. So it was going to end soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually going to end about a month ago. And, and coincidentally, one of my old bosses, he actually played in a band from around here called laid to waste. His name's Joe. Um, not, not to be confused with laid to rest, laid to waste. Okay. <laughs> But he uh, he hit me up and literally like it was the day that our season was going to slow down. Hits me up. He's like, yo, you need a job? And I was like, yeah, like that's fucking perfect. It was almost like 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 fate. Like he knew, you know, like it was mm-hmm. weird. And uh, he hit me up. He w- went to work for this place uh, in Poughkeepsie called Trailer King. It's like a it's like a trailer shop and uh, truck shop. And uh, I'm pretty much just front of house sales and, and shop help. So that's really cool. I've been doing it for a few weeks now, but it's like, I went from knowing everything in, in the retail and that home improvement side of retail to uh, knowing like nothing, you know? So it's, uh, it's stressful. You know, people come in, I have no idea what they're fucking talking about. And I'm just trying to be the sponge and absorb all the information from the owner and, uh, and my, my boss, who is actually my old boss, but it's a pretty cool dynamic. I'm enjoying it so far. Hell yeah. And yeah, and I for, for to 
Home Depot to you know treat you bad. It's just like, yeah, sometimes it's just not worth it to to stay at a place like that because it's it's you know like the pay and I get people need jobs, but sometimes it's just not worth being put through that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you know my expectations going in were pretty high. I interviewed really strong, and uh, they offered me uh, a management position like right there, and uh, but they didn't tell me the pay, and they said the store manager was going on vacation that I would have to wait a week, so I came back, and uh, they offered me like what I was making three positions ago at, at Lowe's. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, I accepted it because I had nothing else. Yeah. Um, but I knew, you know, there was going to be a higher motive and I was going to get out of there and it didn't help that they were kind of fucking really disrespectful to me. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause obviously I got seeing that stuff on social media, like, you know, like entire like Burger Kings, like quitting. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, people don't want to work if they're not, gonna be, you know, getting paid properly or, if you know, they're getting treated like shit by their company. It's like exactly you got to try to, you know, give people some sort of motivation to want to stay and work. Yeah, for sure. No, I've seen videos of that, too. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, Lowe's did it right for me. You know, I had a lot of good people behind me. Mm-hmm. I've actually uh, all there's really a lot of crazy connections with working at that Lowe's and, and tying into the fucking scene here. Um, it's really weird. I met, like, like I said, my boss, uh, Joe, who he sang in a band called laid to waste. You know, they would play with bands like Ramallah and Scarhead, mm-hmm. like from around here. And, uh, they didn't really do anything. They kind of stayed under the radar. Um, but I met this dude, uh, Dan, who, uh, actually, well, this is a kind of a long story, but <clears throat> the way I started playing in prime was I was working at Lowe's and I had met Ryan, the guitar player. Um, he was working for Scott's, the, um, position that I had mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw me wearing like a ear of the knife shirt or some shit. And I was working re- in receiving at the time. And he was like, Oh shit, you like, like that kind of music. And I was like, yeah. And uh, we just started talking developed a relationship. And then fast forward years later, we uh, started doing the band with Tony, who I was saying was my favorite singer. And uh, it's funny. I worked with a guy there. His name was Dan. And uh, he played in a band with Tony 10 years ago or 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had didn't we we didn't know because I was playing in a band with Tony currently, and I had no idea that Dan played in a band with Tony ten years ago. And I was telling him, and he was like, "Dude, that's that's like the trippiest thing ever. Like this is like like fate." And I was like, "Yeah, it's weird, but yeah, it's a lot of crazy crazy connections." There's a uh, this dude who worked in receiving with me, named Greg. He played drums in an old band called Unbalanced from around here, and that band, uh, some hard dudes. They're, they they fucking crushed. Really great record. Yeah, it's crazy how small, even though like the scene is worldwide, but it's just so small at the same time because it's just like everybody knows everybody. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's such a kind of small family oriented thing. Yeah, and I feel like that's why I I just like to like when I am able to do this every week and talk to people from, you know, so many different walks of life. I I just think it's just so awesome and it makes me so happy because it's just always like we all share this common interest in hardcore and for us to be able to come together and just sit down for hours at a time and just talk about it, it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing the fucking like it in the world. You know, I'm sure you agree. 100%. Like, uh, I, I had this conversation with like a, like this guy who like helped me like early on when I was in hardcore. Um, he, he, he played in this um, like local band from Southern California. He's not really active anymore in the scene. But I remember one night, um, I don't even know why we were just like sitting around talking, but uh, he was uh, older than me and my friends at the time. 
and he was just kind of going around and kind of calling people out. It was, it, was, it was just a really weird conversation, but he was like pointing people. He was like, yeah, you're going to drop out, uh, you know, um, pretty soon. And then uh, he pointed at my friend uh, Casey who, uh, and he was like, yeah, like you're going to, um, you know, start booking shows. And then he got to me and he was just like, for some reason, dude, I just feel like you're never going to leave. And uh, I just and he was right, which was crazy because he had like the dude he said was going to drop out, dropped out. My friend Casey started booking shows. Um, and then me, um, I'm, he said I was never going to leave. And here I am, like some, like probably, like, what year was that? It had to been like 2004, maybe. Yeah. So you think about um, when I had that conversation with him way back then. And here we are now. And, and I feel like I'm way more involved and deep in this than I ever have been. So it's like, yeah, like there's definitely no turning back at this point. And I, I've never lost interest. Like I, I'm. Yeah you know uh i'm seeing links for new bands all the time and i'm always just uh you know feeling hungry to find out like you know who's going to be like the next great hardcore band and i i've said it on here before i feel like there's just like this empty void that i'm always trying to fill when it comes to me like seeking out these like newer bands but it's just like it's like this weird hunger that i can never like be satisfied uh, which is fine because I feel like that's part of what keeps me going because I've, I've never felt jaded. I've never got tired of this. It's just something that's been a part of my life since 2002. Yeah, man. I think uh, I think you have a perfect mindset and approach to it. You know, it's uh, it's really cool that you think that way. And, uh, you know, it speaks volumes that like, you know, here I am in fucking bumfuck upstate New York talking to you from California. Like your, your reach from your podcast went across the country. You know, that's a crazy thing to think about. And it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it is crazy just because what when I first started, I just had no idea, right? I asked um, my buddy Garrett, I was like, hey, do you want to just do like a test episode? Because I've never, because at that point, I'd never even had anybody else on or like, you know, to talk to. I was just telling like random stories from like my week or whatever, which is like pretty cringy to think about now. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my buddy Garrett came on and we just had a normal conversation, right? It's just like, what? We normally do and i was like i oh, yeah, had that was like really smooth i was like maybe that was just because it was you and we're like actual friends but then i had uh antonio from spine be like the first like legit guest and i i, I always just kind of had this like you know uh thirst for knowledge and i was always curious about you know bands because like we, we listen to the music uh read the lyrics go see them live but there's more to them than just that. Right. So it's just like, um, it, it just always seemed natural whenever I would have people on and just like, you know, ask these like, you know, questions or whatever they are. Um, it, it was just, uh, you know, it was always fun for me just to be able to have more knowledge than just the music and the shows. Yeah. Yeah. It runs deep. Man. It's, it's pretty fun to know everything you can, you know, get connected. Yeah. Because, and especially doing this, like, like finding out that I have like common interests with people that I never thought would like some of the same stuff as me and uh, you know, and, and it, it leading to some of like the craziest podcasts that I've ever done. It, it, it's wild. And, it, and it's cool that it's something that obviously I, I never planned for. I, I just kind of uh, took a shot and you know, I was like, all right, like let's see where this goes. And then here we are uh, about four years later and, and we're, we're stronger than ever. Yeah, dude. No fucking kudos to you. It's well-deserved. Yeah, and I and I I tell everybody I'm like if if you have a passion or you want to do something to help give back to the scene like you can do it. it, it you just gotta uh, like be consistent and just actually have a real passion for it and like you know people will figure it out over time. Like obviously it, it won't hit overnight for everybody, uh, but I if if you just keep at it like people are gonna find out about it eventually. 
Yeah, no, I love seeing people that are, uh, that are active and, uh, you know, have a, have a yearning to do it. You know, it's really great, especially, uh, especially if they're younger. hundred percent. And, uh, and uh, you know, th- I, I always say like, this is my way to give back to the scene. Cause I don't play in a band. I don't book shows. Uh, so if I can, you know, give back this way, th- th- this is awesome. So I, I always tell everybody like w- whatever you can do, you know, like, like Keith from payback said, like, you know, do more than your 10%, more than just, uh, you know, showing up to the show, like, you know, like book a show, start a band, do a zine, just do something to, to yeah, just man. like, you know, keep this shit alive. Cause one thing during COVID it, it kind of, I, I'm pretty sure it put in perspective for everybody that, uh, hardcore is, it's not a permanent thing. This thing can go away. Um, if the community doesn't, you know, fight to keep it alive. Right. Cause losing like a, a big aspect of it, uh, you know, when it comes to the shows, uh, you know, people, um, even some like the, the, the bigger, um, you know, figures in the scene that had to find creative ways to, to stay relevant and keep people, you know, into it. And it, it was really awesome to see a lot of creative minds come out and show like cool new ways to, you know, to, to keep this thing interesting, especially with all those live streams from, you know, hate five, six doing like you know, some pretty awesome live streams, like some shit that like I had, uh, you know, things that I still think about to this day. So it's just really cool um, to see so many people uh, work hard to, to fight, to keep it alive during uh, 2020. So it's just, yeah, no, so, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So I, I would just like to like encourage everybody, like there, there's, a, there's enough to go around, like for anybody that has like, weird famine mindset like oh like i, I want to start a podcast but i don't know because there's so many dude fuck do it. it yeah just do it <laughs> just do it like think about how many bands there are like th- there's never going to be a shortage or too many bands so people are starting bands all the time exactly do, same thing with zines or shows whatever just do something and i like and not everything's going to be easy but it, like yeah if, if, if you work hard um, and you're doing it for the right reasons shit will pay off at some point yeah, dude. I, uh, it's, it's awesome. I definitely, I tried to, uh, do that in one way or another in, in Poughkeepsie, you know, I love this city. I've been living here for a long time mm-hmm. and, uh, there's venues around here. They, they come and go, they're pretty infrequent. Um, so we, we kind of struggle. We don't really have one place. And I was saying, but telling you before about the chance in Poughkeepsie that, uh, that's kind of a backup plan and like a last resort place. Um, but we were running out of venues and, uh, we were kind of cycling through the same old spots and we, a lot of places closed down. There's this pizza place on main street that shows what happened at for a long time. I actually only went to one show there um, in the towards it's like downfall. But like I was going back to what you said, I was trying to find like a way to like find something and innovate and like keep this place going. And uh, me and uh, the guitar player, prime Ryan, um, we practiced up, uh, up the road in Poughkeepsie and we practiced in this big complex or used to rather. And, uh, We'd go up and we we always pass this one room in this complex, and uh, it was like you'd walk in, and if you picture you're, you're you're in the door, you're looking to your left, you're in this big room. You look to your left. There's stairs that go up on an L shape, and it's like a weird L shape overhang, and then there's just this dance floor, and we were like, "Yo, this is it. This is the new venue. Like th- this has to be it." And we uh, we dug deep and we asked our uh, our guy upstairs who we practice with, we're like, yo, who owns that place downstairs? And uh, he's like, oh, it's this dude. Like, I'll give you his number. And uh, we texted him or called him, whatever, got the info. And then we booked uh, Final Right, AOA, Soul Blind, Pummel, and uh, AOA. If I said that twice, I'm sorry. <laughs> but another band that I'm forgetting. But yeah, it was like we found the new venue, you know, and we tried just innovating and 
doing what we had to do and, and that's it. And, uh, shows are going to be happening there very soon. So uh, keep an eye out for them. Hell yeah. And what was the name of the place for people who may not be familiar? It's called apex studio. It's uh, it's really, really, really cool. Hell yeah. And, and see, and just things like that, right? Like you, like you're just going to go practice and then you just kind of stumble across this place. And, exactly. And out of curiosity and you guys just were able to make it work. That's fucking sick. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I actually, uh, I was talking to Alex about it. Um, like I, uh, we, we booked that, that one show, but Alex, you know, he has, he has a pretty good reach and, uh, he likes to book a lot of the things around here. So, uh, he's going to book some very, very exciting things there coming up very soon that I can't talk about. And is that Alex Casey you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. From streets of hate. Yep. Shout out, shout out Alex, shout out streets of hate. They're, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, no, they're, they're great. Cole and Alex are awesome. I, uh, I first met Alex. I think I just genuinely just through buying all of his shit. <laughs> oh, really? Like I just, I would just buy everything and he probably just saw my name. I was like, who the fuck is this kid? And, uh, I eventually met him at a show, bought some illusion shit from him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then he moved shout out to them and congratulations. They bought a house, uh, Wappingers close town, close to Poughkeepsie. And I was still pro sales manager at my job. And I uh, started hooking him up with some shit. <laughs> And if he's listening, I would would have gotten you a lot more, but then I got fired. So my bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love Alex from the moment that I met him. Uh, he's just been super real and just super, uh, you know, legit um, to me. And I, I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Just meeting uh, just another real person in hardcore. It's always something that I get stoked on. Yeah, man, he's a super down to earth guy. And uh, you know, when you when you interact with him, you you can really tell that he genuinely cares about this area and wants to see it thrive, you know, and I'm the same way, you know, I need people like that, you know, to talk to. hundred percent. Well, damn, Tyler, this has been super awesome. I'm really happy that I finally was able to get you on the podcast. I'm happy to hear about new final right news. I'm definitely looking forward to that new record coming out before the end of the year. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing that new exclusive track on the one scene unity comp volume two coming out on July 24th. And before we go, is there anything else that you would like to say or shout out? Um, shout out this band called Savage garden or savage garden. It's a, a project coming up from the Hudson Valley. It sounds like, like 108 type shit but it's kind of weird um they're gonna put up some new music soon hopefully um i have a couple new bands coming out um not sure of a time frame yet but one of them is with the singer of prime and i'm really looking forward to it i'm actually heading over there now um this is first he's coming over to check the songs out and uh, see how he feels about it so i'm hoping it leads to a yes and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it uh trying to think of something else shout out jeremy from final right one of the hardest moshers ever. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you again for tuning in. This has been super awesome. And thank you, Tyler, 